Welcome to this new edition of the Dreamers and Doers podcast from Arika, where we invite thought leaders from all over the world for some candid conversations. For the first time in this series, I'm thrilled to welcome an entrepreneur who's joining me from Hamburg, Germany. And this is none other than Dennis Monet, CEO of SecuCloud, which is an innovative security company that Arika just acquired. In today's episode, we'll probe the mind of an entrepreneur, learn about how the ecosystem gets fostered in Germany for innovation and what it really takes to build a security company from scratch. We'll come and Dennis and say hello to our listeners. Welcome, Sashi. Thank you very much for your warm words. Welcome, uh, everybody, and thank you for your time. So, Dennis, it's wonderful to have this entire SecuCloud team come on board, Arika, and get actively engaged. I want to take you down, uh, walk down the memory lane. And uh, if you turn the clock back a little bit, what prompted you to start SecuCloud? And um, what's the journey been like so far? Yeah, thank you for the questions, Ashley. Yes, when I founded SecuCloud in 2013, the idea behind it was to build a next, a next generation firewall with a completely based on a cloud-first architecture. And if you maybe know, beforehand, I had another security company called GateProtect. And in this company, we have built the traditional firewall appliances, UTM firewalls. But I thought already, I think back to 2008, that the traditional appliance-based security approach would sooner or later become obsolete. So that was my my idea to found CQ Cloud, and uh, I sold my former company uh, 2012, and then I founded CQ Cloud with this n- new idea of the yeah cloud first architecture of a next generation firewall, and that was the starting of CQ Cloud in 2013. So clearly, it wasn't your first rodeo, and you've been successful with GateProtect before. You know, there's been I recall strong recognition with Gartner back then, and you're getting good traction. Now, what is the source of ideas for all of these companies that you're founding and why this focus on security? Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you very much, depending Gartner. That was a special honor that uh, Gartner has followed our development so positively also for GateProtect, but I also think from CQ Cloud, the ideas came coming from. I think um, maybe to describe a little bit where, where I'm coming from, in 2000, I think it was 2001, I invested in two software companies. And these software companies, you also deal uh, with, with firewalls. And when dealing with these firewalls, I also always thought that they was extremely complex and confusing to, to configure. So um, yes, out of these two investments, I have this idea to build a new firewall, which also have a uh, much more user-friendly user interface. And we have this idea to build up a next generation firewall, but with a completely new approach of the configuration of the firewall. So we developed something we called, or later we called our easy to use graphical user interface, also called the ergonomical graphical user interface, eGUI. Yes, and then we founded this company, the first company, GatePotect, and that was yeah 2002, I think we founded GatePotect. First of all, building a next-generation firewall isn't as easy as it seems. And then if you're a young startup without a lot of muzzle, it's very hard to break into the security industry, earn your trust, earn reputation, make yourselves 
credible against the more deep-pocketed established players. So as a young startup, how do you go about doing that, Dennis? Yeah, I fully agree in that, Zashi. Uh, that's really difficult, especially when you are dealing in, in security. I think the first step is uh, to build a, a quite excellent product where you fully believe that you are have something what is much better than the competitors are offering today. And for my first company, that was this easy use of the product, this eGUI technology. But uh, also in both of my companies, I think one of the main main points that we could achieve this goals and targets we achieved, that was that we have a very strong sales team. So I started in both companies with, I think out of our first 20 employees, 15, 14 people was for sales. And in both companies, I like to deal with young people, young sales guys. So something between 22 to 27. And uh, I trained them by myself in, in doing sales. And then I think we was uh, quite aggressive on the market, on the sales part. And then you you started with the first customers and then the next customers and so on. And after a while, you also get some bigger customers. And at least um, we then won some bigger awards. And uh, also for my former company, but also for CQ Cloud, then the the big award or the, the big push came when uh, Gartner was, was listing both companies and with Gate Protect, he was also in the major quadrant for the next generation firewall. Yeah, it looks like, you know, your formula, first of all, is to focus on simplicity because there is a lot of complexity in the security ecosystem. And then you've invested in sales early on, go against some of the bigger players and establish a market name for yourself, right? Yeah. Now, if I look at how things function in the Silicon Valley, where we have a pretty well flourishing startup ecosystem, a lot of venture capital, educational institutions, talent, all sort of coming together into a nice potpourri. How, how is this in Germany? Do you find it equally easy to get access to venture capital or talent? And what is the ecosystem like there when you compare it to the Silicon Valley? That's a very good question. So first of all, I think uh, we also have very good and talented people and founders here in Germany. But one of the very, very big problems I also saw in both of my founded company is to raise money in Germany. So especially when you're talking about deep tech or if uh, you have security firewalling, for me, that's also deep tech. It's extremely difficult to raise money. There are some state subsidies where you can raise money, but that is very low amount. So it's typical amounts. I think when I found a gate protect, maybe it was 400,000, 500,000 euro. I think today it's something like 750,000 euro, something like that. But the conditions are also very bad. You have to give a, a high part of your shares if you do so. So in both companies, you also decided to do it without this uh, state subsidies. When you are an entrepreneur and if you want to raise money, you are spreading out your network and starting to talking to investors and a lot of talk. So in both companies, I think 40% of my time in average was to raise money and make our investors happy. But it's still difficult to raise money in Germany for deep tech. So I really hope that there will be more bold German VCs willing to invest in German startups. You see the changing? Very slowly. I think the push is coming more from um, companies out of Germany. Uh, we see some more investments from VCs from Europe, which are a little bit more 
open-minded, maybe I can see it on this way. And we also see some movement from US to the German market, but still from the German perspective, the German VCs are, they want to see very serious business and don't uh, grow too, too strong and always have a very strong look on the expenses. I see a little bit better move, but it's, uh, I think there's a lot of space to make it better. Yeah. Once we start seeing the venture capitalists have a better risk appetite, I think it uh, encourages startups to be more bolder with their ideas and execution. And that comes about with time. Yeah. Despite all of this, the deep tech, as you called it, that you have developed is truly world class. And so that is one of the reasons we approached you. And despite all of the startup issues that you talked about, you've actually managed to recruit some really good talent. And many of them have actually stayed with you over the years. And there's a strong sense of loyalty and teamwork. So what's been your formula to, first of all, recruit talent, retain them and foster this loyalty? I think, um, first of all, it's very important to, to show employees a vision and to get them excited about it. And then also to keep them engaged in, in this vision. And then also furthermore, to always try or to make sure that your employees get tasks that inspire them as much as possible. For sure, not every day uh, you can get an exciting job, but I would say 80% in, in the year, it's my target that the people who are helping me or in my team, I will try to give them a job or an exercise that they love to do. I think that is one point. Then another point is what I learned, especially in the last eight, 10 years, is I think that nearly all people have some kind of strong talents. I'm looking very individual on, on every team member and try to find out where is he good and then also to give him this job and to push him more where he is good and to give him less jobs where I think he is not good. And typical that also fits to that what the people want to do. And another thing is... If you have a company and also if, if it's a startup, there are a lot of uh, times where the business is difficult. That's up and down. And when it's down, I um, talk very open and honestly with the people and told them the situation and what is going on, try to be maximum transparent. And I think that also uh, leads to a strong relationship of trust. And that's especially also why... I think a lot of people who are working in both companies, uh, so some of the people I've, I'm working together with, I think one of them is now nearly, one is 18 years, the other one is 20 years. So um, I know them really long. And yeah, I think they know that I'm trustful. So, and uh, I also talk about problems, not about only the good things. So we are trying to focusing on the good things, but sometimes there's also things that are not good. And then we have to talk about it. You know, I think, as you establish a security company focusing on trust, the leadership principles that you just talked about are equally important. I kind of gathered two things from what you said. One is really play people to their strengths. And I think the hard job there is to find out what somebody's passion or strength is and allow them to play along those lines. Secondly, you talked about this honest, candid communication and instilling a sense of purpose or a mission which goes beyond maybe a paycheck and that leads people to follow you down a certain pathway over decades here in, in your case. At the same time, you also talked about it being a journey with ups and downs, a roller coaster, and the buck always stops with you as the CEO. And I would imagine things become quite stressful to you, potentially your family. So 
how do you unwind? How do you deal with the stress? And you need to keep calm as the captain of the ship. I think, first of all, I like my job. Also, if there is the bad times and I, I like that this risk. But for sure, there also have been a lot of days and weeks and also months where I, I didn't sleep well or sleep very bad and so on. But maybe today I'm a little bit older. So unfortunately, today I have learned ways to deal with it. And there are some more, what can I say, smaller things who works out very good for me. And that is, uh, I try to take small uh, times out. I try to, where it's possible to make a daily power nap. That's a very very, very powerful for me to make a nap with 25, 20 minutes, maybe sometimes 30 minutes. That's given me a lot of power for the whole day. But on the other hand, I like to go to the nature and I try to meditate one to two times the day. So in the morning and the evening. And yes, then I also try to make sport four or five times a week and drinking a lot of water and not too much coffee. Then uh, I get a good balance for me. <laughs> You're exactly the opposite of a startup founder here in the Silicon Valley <laughs> who thrives on coffee. <laughs> okay. I was just kidding. So this is actually a very well-balanced routine, Dennis. And sometimes I think people might envy you for what you just talked about, but it, it really is a well-rounded routine. Where do you draw your inspiration from? You know, whether it be for ideas or your personal well-being, who are the mentors that you look up to? Or leaders that you're inspired by? I think I have an, um, a strength that I can see problems when they came up and I have an, an, an feeling or a good view how I can solve them better than they have been solved beforehand. And I also have a, a strong need to solve them better. That's something I like. I can't describe it better, especially like an internal energy that say we have to do it better now. But when we are th- Talking about good ideas, they typically came up when I'm more in the, in some peace or quietness, when I'm in the nature or something, and I try to de-stress, then uh, <laughs> this idea is popping up. And when there are some new ideas, then I, I very, very strongly like to talk with my nearest team members or closer team members in an early stage about them. And out of that, then typically there come more ideas. Some ideas are good, some ideas are bad. Yeah, I hope I could uh, answer your question a, a little bit with this. Yeah, it seems to me that a lot of the ideas come from within and then you use other members of the team as a sounding board to refine them, right? Yeah. We talked about mentors a bit. And if there were a new startup founder that wanted to go down and follow the path you created and start a successful company in Germany, what advice would you give that person? What would be the do's and don'ts there? I think the most important and what I see is the most important thing is to start and do it. Don't talk too much. Don't discuss too much. Make any big statistics and so on. If you are a small or young company, start and do it. And out of my view, it's better to try out things than discuss them back and forth for a long time. And yeah, be prepared also to take risks. If you start up, make a startup, there's a lot of risks. And I know a lot of years where there are I was afraid if I get my salary next month and so on. So, but that's a risk you have to take to do a startup. Yeah. And then it's very, very important to take care of uh, raising capital and also enough capital. And that's an ongoing process. So it's extremely important out of my view to be successful, also to raise enough money. And getting the right team to work with you. Exactly. That's also a must have. You need the right team. That's also a must have. 
So now that you know you are part of the Arika fold, what are some of the priorities that you're focused on in this post-acquisition phase of life? First of all, oh, I have noticed that Ariaka makes a great effort to integrate our teams quickly as possible. And that's, I find, is, is really cool. For sure, also to be taken over by a, a Silicon Valley tech company like you, there was also some people who was afraid here in the beginning. But uh, we get a very firm feeling how you interact with all our people here. But also our team was especially impressed how mindful you take the needs of all employees here. And it feels also for me and the team that you mean it very serious. So all these things we have been afraid of, maybe there was nothing in. So yeah, we are still still happy here how things are, are going on. And my main priority will be to bring fast as possible the Ariaka SD van solution together with our CQ-Glue SESI solution and then bring a great product to the market. And I think this combination of your very strong SD-WAN and our very strong firewall as a service and secure web gateway solution, when we combine them on the right way, that must be a really, really strong product. And I will go forward to push here much as possible and also fast as possible. Yeah, that looks very exciting and I think there's a lot of positive energy on this side of the ocean as well. <laughs> and so I think your team equally deserves those accolades in the way that they have been responsive, in the way that they have come on board the mothership. And I think it's one team, one goal, and it should be one product that will delight customers. I want to maybe go back to, you know, entrepreneurship in a way. And, you know, usually you've been a serial entrepreneur and they say that if a startup bug bites you, it's uh, hard to be unbitten. And if you're an entrepreneur once, you end up being always an entrepreneur. So, you know, with that in mind, do you ever see yourself becoming a, a regular corporate guy working for a big company and uh, letting go of the entrepreneurship charter that you have taken on yourself last few decades? Yeah, that's a very good question. Now I'm also a little bit older here. So um, I think to work in a big company is also something which uh, couldn't work very well out. And what I also see in some bigger companies in the in the past, maybe in the last five years, is that to use this power of an entrepreneur on the right way could also give a lot of possible impact also for big companies. And what I saw is that a lot of bigger companies try to push this kind of entrepreneurships. And especially now with Ariaka, I'm working very near with uh, the, the co-founder of Ariaka and CTO, Eschwart. And a lot of things, I have the feeling that we are evaluating things similarly and also things similarly. And as I'm now reporting primarily to him, I have a very warm and good feeling that we will find a good way here. So I took you down the walk, uh, down the memory lane, and um, if I were to take you forward, maybe a couple of decades out into the future, what do you think your ideal retirement scenario is going to be? I love to move things. That is also one of my, my drivers. And I love to, yeah, really making a move with people who also want to make a difference and succeeding together and doing so. So as long I can do that and have success together with a great team, that's give me a very, very good feeling. That's make me happy. That's actually, that's how I can say it. So I have a little bit my, my feeling that I also move things around to a very old age. 
So I like to work. I like to be an entrepreneur. I hope that I still have 20, 25 years to, to work. So um, what I will do after this year, I don't know. We will see. Yeah, my take is you're not going to get retired anytime soon, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So it's been wonderful catching up with you and having this conversation, Dennis. Thank you so much for your time. You know, what are you going to go do next? Is it another meeting or meditation or a power nap? <laughs> so I think it's another meeting at this time. Okay, okay. So uh, I wish you a good day. Thanks again for coming on board this podcast. Danke, Dennis. Thank you very much, Sashi.